Welcome to the Living Box Free Podcast. So glad you're here. I am Ashleen Seitz. And I am Becky Ford. And we start off our podcast with one question. What is on the rise for you this week? So Ash, what is on the rise for you? Yeah, it's been hard for me to get outside when it's not sunny out. And so Mm. on the rise for me this week, I'm going to fight to get outside no matter what the weather, cold, rainy, doesn't matter. I'm going to push that up in my life and make the effort. How about for you? Good. Well, today's a, today's a beautiful day, yeah, so right. Ash is in luck. <laughs> What's on the rise for me this week? I, uh, I'd i say my stomach. So I had mm-hmm. my, uh, what was it, last week? Gosh, just last week, we had the ultrasound and found out that we're having a baby boy, our first one. So in the growing process currently, tiny human, a great excuse to eat more calories. Yes. I will take it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about us. Do a little introduction. Do you remember when we met? Uh, I love I love thinking back when you first meet people, and then you think, how detailed can I be? Yeah. And as Ash and I talked, I don't remember like the exact time we introduced ourselves to each other, Mm-mm. but what I do remember, so we met through a CrossFit gym. Yep. My husband was the head coach, and we spent a lot of hours there, usually late evenings, and I was that weird person that after class always wanted to do more stuff. Always the bonus workouts. The bonus stuff, yes. (laughs) It wasn't, you know, one hour is great, but why not do more? And I would just kind of call out to the the group, who wants to go for a run? Or who wants to do extra abs? (laughs) And Ash started saying yes, and she just would say yes again and again. And all of a sudden, it just became a routine, us going for that extra run after Mm -hmm. class, doing the extra ab session, complaining as our abs burn, and yet we don't have a six-pack, but we know this is good for us. And that's where our friendship was born. Yeah. And it, it started with fitness, but it's expanded to so much more than that. Mm-hmm. That's definitely accurate. I think for me, it was partially wanting to do more workouts and partially just wanting to make friends. And so, yeah, yeah jumped at that opportunity. And I think the more we talked about things the more we realized we had things in common to talk about. So it just made it easy. Not just CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Many, many Many subjects. (laughs) Which we'll get to shortly. Yeah. So as we talk about when we first met, I know we've learned a lot. We met as adults, and we've learned a lot about how we were raised and brought up. So tell us, Ash, what is your living box-free journey? What's Mm -hmm. that look like? Well, I feel like we should start with what is living box-free when we talk about that. So real quick, basically what we mean is breaking the mold. Not Mm -hmm. being afraid to live differently according to how you are made and the person that you are. I think for me, it started as being the youngest child by a lot. My next sibling up, I have a brother and a sister, and my brother's eight years older than me, and my sister is seven years older. And so I I kind of lived in a different family than they did. Mm -hmm. And I think I was alone a lot. I was homeschooled. You know, I'm pretty well adjusted, I think. (laughs) I like to thank for being homeschooled. But basically, I had a very different life than my peers and my siblings. And so I felt not marginalized isn't the right word, but I Mm -hmm. felt like I was different. And I got pretty used to that and being just kind of the odd odd man out. And that was okay. And being me. Basically, once I got to college, I decided, okay, I need to pick a career path. (laughs) I changed majors three times, could not decide what I was going to do. Finally graduated and said, I'm going to go into counseling. I got a psychology degree. I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a career path. I'm going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And then depression hit. And and it was somewhat relational, somewhat circumstantial, but eventually I learned that it is also chemistry. My body just works that way. It just tends mm-hmm. to be depressed. And so finally had to face the fact that I just wasn't going to have a normal, 
trajectory out of college, okay, get a job, chase this career, be in it, totally achievement-focused, like cross all, all these goals off. It just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I was working for Starbucks, great place to work, honestly. I really enjoyed it. And was just trying to figure out what I what I wanted to be rather than what I wanted to do. And I think that mm-hmm. really I spent about two years trying to figure that out. And obviously that's still a journey, but that was really formative in learning to live box-free. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What you want to be versus what you want to do. Yeah. Which so often people ask, they don't ask, who do you want to be? Mm-mm. They ask, what do you do for a living? Or what do yeah. you want to do when you grow up? Or that kind of thing. Not who do you want to be? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good call out. How about you? Oh, my journey. Uh, and one thing you'll learn on this podcast, podcast, Ash and I are very different, <laughs> which <laughs> is so cool to have a friend who compliments you and you've had such such different kind of journeys. Uh, my, we both did grow up in on a farm. True. Uh, I grew up on a small farm in eastern Kansas, and I was a middle child, not the youngest. And most of my childhood was spent at first following my older sister, two years older, very, very much a leader, or I guess you could just say commanding. Yeah. And we were very involved in 4-H and FFA. Mm-hmm. And I would say FFA is that first key moment. There's three moments that have really helped me to discover what my box-free living looks like in Mm -hmm. my path. FFA was that first one. My sister was so in it because she would much rather talk to animals than to people. Interesting. Okay. She's a dairy nutritionist today. She loves cows. I discovered in FFA this path of leadership and personal growth that the organization taught that I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And I, I still love agriculture, and I am so much an advocate for farmers and ranchers being stewards of the land and providing food and nourishment to our growing population. However, I really latched onto that leadership side of things. Yeah. So as a sophomore in college, I actually took the entire year off and was fortunate enough to serve as an FFA national officer. And that experience took my growth and my self-knowledge and development to a whole new level. Me and five other teammates, we traveled 330 days out of the year, 40 states, went to Japan. And our job was doing leadership workshops and speeches and lock-ins and camps with students, (laughs) Uh, everything an extrovert loves. It was amazing. Sounds like a nightmare for me. Great. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that was kind of the first place where, for me, I learned my love for leadership and development and pouring into others. Mm-hmm. And now at that stage in my my college life, I was still very focused on achievement and accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And my family had just praised us so much when we got straight A's or you became president of this club or when you became governor at Girl State. And that was something I was trained. You know, I, I receive love and I feel love and accomplishment when I achieve things. Yeah. So the second key moment for me to finding my path to really being fulfilled was actually meeting my husband, Tristan. Before I met Tristan, I actually had no plans on getting married. Mm-hmm. I had decided I was going to be a career woman and Excellent. climb to the top. <laughs> and then I met this dude named Tristan, and he totally messed with my whole goals and my outlook. But he also taught me that I wasn't truly happy or I wasn't fulfilled by just trying to climb the ladder. Hmm. And fulfillment really came from doing what I love with people who I love. Yeah. And from that, uh, we actually moved here to Indianapolis and have a job now with Alenco, which is an animal health company, doing le- leadership, uh, learning, and development. 
And we also discovered CrossFit. And CrossFit has definitely taught me a lot. I, I never before would have said I would own a gym someday. Yeah. I'd be like, you're crazy. I was a runner <laughs> and I do sit-ups because all I cared about was losing weight yeah. and having a flat stomach. And then I discovered CrossFit. And then I learned this whole new image of beauty. And it's the beauty of just what your body can do mm-hmm. and being healthy. Mm-hmm. And CrossFit was something Tristan and I fell in love with. And this box-free life, my parents thought I was crazy when I called them and said, hey, we're going to open up a gym from scratch. Yeah. They're like, you're crazy. You have a great job. Why would you do that? Do they even go to the gym, your parents? They do not. Okay. My mom is a walker. My dad has an elliptical. Yeah. And I know there's been times they see see us lifting weight. And they're like, why do you need to lift that weight? <laughs> why do you need to deadlift that? Because it's great. It's fun. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. And it's and the older I get, the more I realize what so often your parents or your family or society told you as a kid, this is what a good life is. For me, it's been breaking out of that and realizing, yeah, I do. I work a full-time job at Alenco, and I have this side hustle of a gym with my husband. And now we have this on-the-rise business, this podcast, yeah. Living Box Free, where I can really pour into others with you, Ash, around mm-hmm personal growth and development and finding what path it takes for you to be fulfilled and joyful and healthy. And that's a journey that I couldn't have crafted even five years ago. Yeah. And it's those people and those moments throughout our life that have really helped me to discover what does that journey look like for me when it comes to finding your own path to fulfillment. Yeah. I love I love hearing those stories, the stories, especially when you tell it of different mo- moments in your life <laughs> yeah. of how it builds up to where we are today. And I think that's yeah. I think that's a really great way to look at your life in terms of, OK, what did that do that experience, that event do to bring me where I am now? Yep. You know, what did my experience with depression or not knowing what I was going to do after college do to bring me where I am now? Well, it made me passionate about helping other people mm-hmm. figure out how to live outside the mold figure out what to do with their experiences, their mental health issues, their strengths, their weaknesses. And that's, yeah, it's just a really great way to look at life. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, right? It is. It sure is. The societal boxes that we feel like we're forced to be in and the importance of knowing the uniqueness and power of just being who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So shifting just a little bit, what sparked your first interest in leadership development or professional growth? You talked about FFA. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Yeah, so FFA is is the core contributor to my deep interest in leadership and personal growth. But I do remember the first time I decided I wanted to be a leader, and it was actually middle school. Okay. And you could ask my parents, they remember this. Middle school was the first time they had student council elections. Mm-hmm. And I just decided I want to be secretary. And I remember making the most baller poster ever <laughs> and had sparkles on it and pictures of horses because I was obsessed with horses. Obviously. Obviously. Who wouldn't vote for the girl with the horse poster? <laughs> and we actually, that was my first speech I ever did in front of the entire school, a campaign speech. I think it was a minute. That's awesome. Which seems so short to me now, but back then you're like, what do I talk about for a minute? And I was going up against a gal named Samantha. Okay. And Samantha was cute as a button. Mm -hmm. I was the chick with the boots that smelt like pig poo. Uh (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And uh, I, I I mean, I had a repu, or I had been, you know, made fun of some about being the farm kid, and I was a little bit more shy. 
But I went up there and I gave the speech and I just thought I crushed it. Yeah. It's that great feeling you got like, man, yes, that was great. Samantha spoke for 20 seconds. I spoke for 60 and it was awesome. Yeah. How could I not win this? And then, of course, the end of the day announcements, Miss Samantha, cute as a button. Uh, she won. However, wah, wah. yeah, wah, wah. man. However, I, that was the first time I remember really wanting to be a leader. Yeah. And there was just something about being able to make a difference and change things, even though middle school is probably not much you could have done. Mm-hmm. And and that really intrigued me. And yeah. so as I went on, and that's probably why I had that interest already rooted in me mm-hmm. when I joined FFA later and there were leadership opportunities, I really latched onto them. And it, it was what I would, it was extra studying I would do for fun, you mm-hmm. know, around who you are, how to, how to give a great speech or taking this personality test and what does that mean for your officer team and how do you work together? And, and so, yeah, I definitely contribute a lot to FFA. However, I think FFA was more the fuel that fed a fire I already had. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Ash? Well, going back to my siblings, I think, so when I was growing up, my sister was the coolest person I knew. I just thought she was amazing. <laughs> and speaking of horses, she was really into horses, still is. And so I tried to be into horses because she was into horses. It just was a mess. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't dislike them, but yeah. it's just not my thing. So yeah, when she went to college, I was 11. And I remember her sophomore year, she became a resident advisor. Mm -hmm. And I just remember hearing about, I mean, in retrospect, looking back, I think probably some of the things she was talking about to my parents were very difficult. Yeah. Um, You know, how to deal with different residents and how to deal with the leadership issues she was facing. But I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. She had responsibility. She was trying Mm -hmm. to pour into other people. She was responsible for for a whole community and building a culture. And even as a 12-year-old, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so made plans even then to become a resident advisor when I got to college. And I think a lot of my other leadership things, uh, becoming interested in leadership and taking leadership positions, kind of just came naturally Mm -hmm. because I was responsible. And so I just sort of stepped into them. But that's the first time I remember actually thinking, I want to do this. Yes. Uh, Ash just said she's responsible. I will echo that. (laughs) Even in the gym, when we partner on workouts, you always have that one person who's the responsible counter of reps (laughs) or the person who makes sure everyone has the right equipment. Thank you, Ash. You play that role in my life and many of our friends. Yes. (laughs) So I I can can reiterate, she is definitely Miss Responsibility. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about subjects, Mm. leadership development, personal growth. There's Mm -hmm. a lot out there. Yep. What are your favorite subjects to geek out about? Mm. Well, emotional health is usually where I start. So emotional awareness, intelligence, understanding how to have compassion, Mm. empathy, the difference between compassion and empathy. Um, Yeah, those that's something I can talk about for a very long time, as you have experienced. I think also I get I'm a literature person in general. Mm-hmm. I studied English for a brief moment in college. I still consider myself a writer. And so books on leadership, I really enjoy discussing the differences because there are so many different opinions. There's so many different methods. And that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons we talk about Living Box Freeze because there's no one right way. And so talking about the different books and their different perspectives really gets me excited. So, yeah. Yes. What about you? Favorite subjects? I'd say two, top two. Okay. One is personality test. Yeah. I... For the longest time, you you as a young child, you wonder why other people don't react the same way as you or yes. why they see things differently. And once I discovered personality test, Finder was one of the first ones I discovered. 
today at my workplace, one of the tests that I facilitate on is called Insights. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun to learn, you know, what what the impact of introversion versus extroversion is and the different skills and strengths we bring to the table yeah. and understanding why certain people have to tell you every single detail in a story and other people get bored easily and skip to the next subject. Yeah. So just from, and that leads into emotional intelligence as well, obviously. Yes. But personality tests and understanding yourself and especially those blind spots or things that you don't realize you do. Mm-hmm. I, I love having conversations about that. My poor husband has been looped into taking many personality tests <laughs> because I just want to know, I need to have facts. I need to read. I need to make sure what I think I see is right. Yes. So take this Data. test, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Data to back it up. Yes. And the, he's a better person for it. Let's uh, be honest. We Come all on. are, right? Yeah, of course. And the second thing I love geeking out about is workshop curriculum. Hey-o. Hey-o. Yeah, all the teachers out there, what? <laughs> uh, when I was in college, I worked as a part-time facilitator for National FFA, and we would be given curriculum for a week-long workshop with students and I'd always, I'd love looking through it and then certain areas and activities thinking, how do I make this even more creative? Mm-hmm. I love that challenge of hands-on interactive learning, learning by doing and not just telling. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love looking at curriculum, writing curriculum, thinking, how do we make it better? How do you give that learner an experience where it's truly self-discovery in the moment versus you just telling them or death by PowerPoint? Yes. Which most of us do not enjoy. <laughs> not that you've experienced that oh at all recently. Gosh. Yeah, I'm in a class right now. It's rough. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Okay, so what led us to start a business? Why are we doing this? Why are we starting this podcast? Why are we here? Yeah. As we talked about the first time we met, it started with fitness. Mm-hmm. And fitness is been has been the environment where we've discovered these areas that we truly love, geek out about, and for us, there's so often, for both Ash and myself, where we say, man, I wish people at my workplace could have that training, mm-hmm. or I wish people at my workplace had read that book, or I wish that my husband had read that book, <laughs> or I wish that my best friend yes. had that, this experience. And as we sat and hear our gym, M4G CrossFit, as we sat on the bikes, which we do oftentimes at the end of class, yep. we would just talk, talk for 30 minutes, an hour, and one day, Ash and I had both just talked about, you know what, I've always I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to really focus on, uh, you know, I think it'd be cool to have my own business or do leadership development or training. Yeah. And as we talked about that and we discovered it was a shared passion and purpose, we both asked ourselves, well, why aren't we doing this? Yeah. For me, a lot of my my time the last few years has been spent investing in helping my husband with his career. Starting a gym takes a lot of work. Oh, for sure. And I as can you, imagine. <laughs> yeah. As you talk about different personalities, we, we had a core team to make that happen. And, and now that it's almost been two years and it is a reality, I think it's time to go back to, okay, what is the individual purpose that I feel called to, yeah. to lead and contribute to? And now it's, I think it's the right time. Yeah. And I think as you talk about kind of that transformation from the gym and us meeting at the gym and you guys opening a gym into this new venture of On the Rise and the Living Box Free podcast, I think it is all about health. And it's not just physical health, but it's emotional Mm -hmm. health and spiritual health and mental health. And we just kept coming back to we want to help the people around us be healthy and figure out the best way to do that for themselves. And so it seemed like the best way to do that was to start a business and to start 
giving out workbooks and to start a podcast mm-hmm. and to start writing a book and to say, okay, how can we help you become healthy? How can we help you look at all these different parts of your life and use our experiences and our know-how and all of the books we have read, yeah. so many, and yeah, how can we lead you and guide you to a box-free life? Yep. Well, with that, so glad that you joined us for our first podcast here, Living Box Free, put on by On The Rise. Uh, You can learn more about us and our services at our website. Until then, we'll talk to you next time.